Good morning in the house of the Lord. Y'all doing good? Y'all ready to worship this morning? I'm ready to worship. I don't know about you, but I come to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And I'm excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning with the body of Christ. And I come expecting a move of his spirit. Amen. We're going to pray over some stuff today. We're going to do a baptism after service. We're going to do a, um, we're going to dedicate little Ivy. We got a full morning. And then I really feel like the Lord has a strong word for the body of Christ this morning. And so I'm just excited. I don't know. There's an anticipation, as there always should be in the house of the Lord. I remember coming to the house of the Lord when I was first born again. And there was a, there was a little, you know, a little step going on already because you're anticipation. What was God going to do? Amen. And so I don't ever want to lose that. I want to come into the house of the Lord and assemble with the saints every time with an anticipation that God's about to blow the roof off and we're going to see the glory of God fall and we're going to be forever changed for his namesake that we would be more like him today than we were yesterday and more like him tomorrow than we are today to the glory of his name. Amen. Well, pray for us. We're going to go and meet with some people tonight in Cave City and we're going to pray about how we can advance the radio station in Highsville and Glasgow. So we're going to go, of course, do it over food because food is very spiritual and there's an anointing when you meet over food. Um, it just It's amazing. So we're going to eat and we're going to eat of the spirit. We're going to eat of the physical and we're going to see how God can pour himself out at Highsville and Glasgow. So do be in prayer for us on that. It's an untapped uh, mark. We've been there for a while and I feel like we haven't tapped it yet. We're going to tap into the spirit and see what he wants to do in that region. So pray with us as we meet with some people over there and I'm just believing God for wisdom and guidance and revelation of how to move forward. God's moving in big ways. Don't forget this week uh, I know Jason's going to talk about it some more but our girls who started their volleyball league this year or they're in the league for the first time um, the season's technically already over but we're going to have our first home game Thursday night before the boys' basketball game. So if you have nothing going on Thursday night make sure you make plans to come. What time does that start? Does anybody know? Mariah? Five o'clock is the volleyball game, and then after that's going to be the basketball game. So let's stand up, everybody. We're going to pray. We're going to get into worship, and Jason will come finish off with a couple of announcements. Father, we give you praise and honor and glory this morning. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and we will not stay silent this morning, Lord. We will lift our voice and exalt your name, and we will declare to the heavens of heavens that you are the God of the universe, that you have flung the stars, you have hung the moon, you have told the mountain to go this high and the ocean to go this far. We thank you, Lord, that whatever situation's going on in our life today, that you have always been enough, you're always going to be enough, and you'll forever be enough, Father. We thank you that you're the one who is, the one who is to come, and you are never defeated, Father, but we give you praise, honor, and glory that your anointing will fall in this house, and that your glory is coming, and that your presence shall be here this morning, and God, I give you the praise, honor, and glory for everything you're about to do, in Jesus' mighty name. And the church says what? You move the mountains and you split the sea. You call the dead men up to live and breathe. The same authorities alive in me. I'll move the mountains and I'll split the sea So I speak to the lies, truth in the name of Jesus I speak to the fear, hope in the name of Jesus I speak to the brokenness 
the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. You are holy, holy. 
Come on, isn't he holy? Isn't he holy? Hallelujah to the Lamb. Hallelujah to the Lamb. Everybody together, just lift your voice. Come on, we don't worship God based upon emotion. We worship God based upon who He is, and He's holy. Regardless if you feel it or not, He's holy. Regardless if you had the worst morning of the world, He's holy. He's holy. He's holy. Father, we're not coming here to worship you based upon goosebumps. This thing, this thing has nothing to do with goosebumps. This thing is ill regardless if we feel it or not. You are worthy of worship. You are worthy of adoration. You are worthy. So we say hallelujah. We repent of worshiping you based upon our worth. We repent of worshiping you based upon our condition. We repent of worshiping you based upon if we feel you or not. And we just say we fling the door open this morning. And we say hallelujah to the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Spirit of God, breathe in this house. Jesus, we love you, Lord. Come on, start to lift up your own song to the Lord. Start to lift up your own song to the Lord. Come on, bride of Christ, begin to lift your own song. Lift up your own testimony. Don't let the rocks cry out of your praise tonight. Father, we this morning, we sing. We adore you. We, we tap. We tap into the things of the Spirit. We press into the things of the Spirit. Jesus. Father, we thank you. Come on, that's it. Come on. Come on, it don't take everybody. It's not going to take 100 people. It just takes five. It just takes five willing to press. It takes five willing to press. Breakthrough's coming. Breakthrough's coming. Come on, it just takes five willing to press. Holy, holy, holy. Ooh, worthy, Lord. Hallelujah to the Lamb.
try try to be sensitive to the Spirit of God. I feel there's a stirring. I feel there's a stirring. Worthy, 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 worthy. You're worthy, Lord. We don't want to quit too soon. I'm not interested in quitting too soon. Worthy is the Lamb. to show me there's this it's a waterfall from heaven and he's but it's red and the Lord said this is my blood that is pouring out and it is beginning to create a new system in the earth and it's rushing from heaven to earth because he desires to set forth healing and liberty to the people and it's healing of the ears it's hearing of the of the heart it's a releasing of freedom to those that are bound and captive and the Lord says if you will just lean into me and let me have your ears and let me have your heart let me have all of you I will flow through you a new system of my glory and you shall be redeemed of the Lord and I just ask Lord, just come and fill us with your spirit, God. Fill us with your freedom. Fill us with your love, God. Lord, just ask you to baptize us in that love, God, that just washes away every sin, every fear, every rejection, every depression, God. And we know that you are faithful, Lord, to do it, God. Oh, we just receive the flow from heaven, God. And Lord, we don't want to interrupt you. We don't want to interrupt your plans. We don't want to become so minded on ourselves, God, that we forget that there's a river flowing freely from heaven. And if we get out of the way, God, you know what you're doing. <laughs> you know what you're doing, God. Release into this earth, God. Release into this people, Lord. Release into this city, God. Lord, we just call forth Breckenridge County and Grace in county and hardened county and God we just loose your spirit throughout God and we just say right now is the time for the river of God to flow Lord we just ask that you push out every man made system every spirit of religion everything God that holds back your desires in the earth and we ask God that you begin to rain down Lord Oh, we loose our tongues and we say God let us rain in you God let the earth be made new Speak out the truth of your love, God. Speak out the truth of your power, Lord. Lord, let us be humble. Lord, but let us be fiery. Let us be humble, but let us be bold, God, to do your work, Lord. Release the floods, Lord. Release the floods, Lord, of your love, of your grace. Redeem the systems, God. Make them like you want them, Lord. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. 
Lord, we just tear down every stronghold and every high and mighty thing that tries to establish itself above you, God, because we know that you, Lord, are the final authority. You are the one that establishes our ways. There's a flow that's about to hit the house. There's a flow. I mean, I'm trying to, I know you, some of y'all think I'm crazy. I'm trying to listen to make sure I'm right. We're going we're gonna to have special prayer here in a few minutes for a few things. And I'm going to mess up the way we usually do things because I don't know why. I don't, I don't ever do this. I, I, I mean, I, I don't just push into the sermon. But I think what the Lord has given is going to flow right into it. So we're going to do the special prayer right after the sermon. We're going to get right back into worship. So if you'll give me your ears for 20 minutes, I'm going to go for it. And actually, Heather's words confirmation for me what she just said, because it's, it's kind of where I feel like the Spirit of the Lord's drawing. And I'm not leaving this place of worship. What I'm going to try to do is bring everybody into it by the grace of God. So you can be seated. Kids, we love you. Be blessed. Don't leave this place of atmosphere of worship. If you're interceding, you're praying, keep going. Keep going. You ain't going to distract me a bit. But I feel like the Lord is leading this direction. And we'll dedicate Ivy next week. I'm not playing. I feel like the Lord's doing a stir. We'll dedicate her next week. We'll pray over her and send and do all that good stuff next week. And, um, but I feel like this is important. I feel like we're in the right flow. And when God starts to flow, that's when stuff starts to change. Amen. Heather's right. We don't need our system. It ain't about our system. It's not about a religious system. It's not about our doing or our doing this or we manipulated something to happen or we hit the drumbeat at the right moment. What we're looking for is the authentic move of the Spirit. We're looking for something that's Spirit-breathed, not man-made. We're not looking for something that is, that is created by the hands or the mouth or the ability of a person, man, or woman. We're looking for something that is breathed, inspired, and created by God himself to breathe in the earth. We're looking for a new thing, amen? And so we're going to go through this. I'm going to get through this word pretty quick today, and we're going to go right into prayer and back into worship um, the Lord's really been giving me this thought. I want to read a couple things, then I'll read it some scripture, and we'll just go for it. Um, the Lord downloaded this yesterday to me, and he said, when the church focuses more, and just hanging here before me, on the new cycles of the day, then we do Jesus and his word. It throws the whole church off of balance. The new cycle in media is created to invoke fear, right? It sells off of fear. It wants to keep you coming. And so it invokes fear so we will keep coming back to it some sense of security. Because the same thing that gives us fear gives us hints of security and we keep coming back. And so what we've created is a media news and cycle of the day that gives us not just fear, but also gives us enough security that it creates a reciprocal cycle that the church keeps feeding into. And so when we see this, unfortunately, what the church does then is get swept up in this cycle. And then we feed into the, the, the theology of it's right now we've got to do something. Right now we've got to do something. And we must do everything at this moment. And while I agree with the premise that the church must activate now and serve the king and kings with her whole heart, I am learning that his time is perfect. 
So often, so often out of fear, misdirected focus, and even sometimes unsubmitted zeal, we rush God. You may be called and gifted, but have you been anointed? Have you been processed? Have you been in the wilderness? Has hands been laid upon you? We, have a, we as a generation of microwaves, we're a microwave generation, are trying to serve a crock pot God. And we don't get to say when we're ready. He does. Prepare, prepare, prepare. Let's just make sure we're not shot from the bow of the Lord too early. The process is not always fun, but it's always profitable. Now I want you to hang your hat in that thought that the Lord's been downloading because we're going to close with another thought. But here we are. We're talking about the glory of God. And we're talking about this processing, this wilderness, and what we're doing in the wilderness. And, and a lot of people equate the wilderness for loneliness and isolation. The wilderness was never about loneliness and isolation. It was about gazing upon upon him. If you make the wilderness about trials, tribulation, and isolation, you'll miss the point of the wilderness. The wilderness was so that we could learn him without distractions. And so what we have a lot in the church today is a group of people that know about God but never met God. And so they know the ideology, they know the theology, and they know the thoughts who he is, but they don't know intimately how he acts. And so we're praying for the glory of God like the glory of God is a, is a service or the glory of God is a song. The glory of God is a person and his name is Jesus. And so we're talking about a God we really don't know. And we're thinking about a God we never spend time with. And we say we go and serve a God that we actually never spend time. We're never in communion. We never are fellowship with him. And so today I'm going to actually labor to talk about this. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to try my best to get it in 25 minutes. So we're going to start in Exodus um, 33. And while you're turning there, I want to give a couple of quotes from a couple guys. I don't have them on the screen, so I'll just try to read slow and clear. A.W. Tozer, and if you never read anything about A.W. Tozer, I would recommend A.W. Tozer just about anybody. The glory of God always comes at the sacrifice of self. The glory of God always comes at the sacrifice of self. Now, this is not my favorite guy. I'm not going to lie. But I thought this quote was awesome. So I'm using him. Rick Warren says, what is the glory of God? It is who God is. It is the essence of his nature, the weight of his importance, the radiance of his splendor, the demonstration of his power, the atmosphere of his presence. John Piper says, if you don't feel strong desires for the manifestations of the glory of God, it is not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It is because you have nibbled so long at the table of the world, your soul is stuffed with small things and there's no room for the great. John Piper says, if you don't feel strong desires for the manifestations of the glory of God, it is not because you have drunk deeply and are satisfied. It is because you have nibbled so long at the table of the world. Your soul is stuffed with small things. And there is no room for great things. Exodus 33 verse 12. We have Moses here. And Moses says unto the Lord. Say. Thou sayest unto me. Bring up this people. And thou hast not let him known whom thou hast sent with them. With me. Yet thou hast said. I know thee by name. And thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, my presence, say my presence, 
shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence. He said, If your presence is not with us, we don't want to go there. If your presence is not with us, don't let us go to this way. If your presence is not with us, don't let us do this thing. If your presence is not with us, let let us not even go to McDonald's without his presence. Moses is saying, if his presence is not with me, I don't want to go there. So wherein shall it also be known here that I, um, here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight, is it not... Is it not in that thou goest with us, so shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth? And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing also that thou hast spoken. For thou hast found grace in thy sight, and I know thee by what? Name. And he said, I beseech thee, show me thy... He said, I beseech thee, show me thy... Glory. And I love this because God talks back. And he said, I will make what? He said, I will make all of my goodness pass before thee. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. And will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. I love this. Just stay there for a second, Ethan. So he says, show me thy glory. And the Lord speaks back to Moses and says, I'll show you my glory. And I'll show you my glory because I will cause all of my goodness to pass by you. You will see my glory. You will see my glory in my goodness. Because God's nature is good. God's holiness is good. God's judgment judgment is good. Everything about God is good. Right? Sometimes what we do is we, we, we make sure that we clarify in this house. We've always have and we always will. God is just. God is wrath. He is both. God is holy. He is just. There is a heaven. There is a hell. There is not inclusivism. Not everybody is going to heaven. Everybody can go to heaven. But the Bible says you must be born again. You must what? Be born again. But God's truest nature is good. We make him sometimes out to be Zeus and other gods that just throw lightning bolts and they want to attack and he wants to hit and he wants to hurt and he wants to punish. God's nature is good. It's so good that 2,000 years ago, he sent his son to earth to die the death that I deserve to die so that I can live the life that only he deserves to live. He didn't come into the world to condemn it. He came in to save it. (coughs) Right? It's his nature. It's good. And he says what? Thou canst not see thy face, for there shall no man see me and live. And the Lord says, Behold, there is a place by me, and thou shalt stand upon a rock, and it shall come to pass, while my glory passeth by, that I will put thee in a cliff of the rock, and will cover thee with my hand while I pass by, and I will take away what my hand, and thou shalt see my back parts. But my face shall not what? See. So we have Moses here, and y'all pray for my throat because I'm going to make it last. 
We have Moses here who's wanting to see the glory of God. He's wanting to see it. He says, show me that glory. He's talking about his presence. He's talking about all this. And, and a lot of time the church gets hung up in the presence and the anointing and never advances to the glory. So his presence, and I've talked about this before, and I'm going to hit it hard and go for it. His presence is, is filling him. It's knowing he's there. There's a presence that is the fact that he's omnipresent. He's everywhere. So God is everywhere. Now, there's a presence that's stronger for believers than non-believers, but the fact that there is just an earth existing is God's goodness and God's presence. Right? So even unbelievers, to an extent, feel his sense his presence. They may not know it. They may not even talk about it. They may not even know what it is. But Romans 1 tells us that even the earth itself testifies of his glory. His glory, the earth is talking. The earth is showing his presence. The earth is showing his glory. When you stare at mountains, I was just going there. Y'all know I'm going back to the mountains. I can't wait to go back. It's the glory of God in manifestation. When you look at creation, you look at the ocean, it's the glory of God speaking. When you see a beautiful sunset, it's the glory of God manifesting. God is always speaking. People who don't even know him, accept him, and they reject him still get to see the glory of God in manifestation and creation. It's what Romans 1 talks about. But we talk about the presence, and the presence is amazing. The anointing comes in then, and to me the anointing is the next step. An anointing comes in and breaks the yoke. Anointing, that's what the anointing for, to break the yoke. It frees us, it liberates us. The anointing comes in and delivers us. Deliverance is important because it sets us free. But deliverance was never the end game. And Jesus shows us that many times where people was delivered and then he picked them up like the little boy. He was delivered from the, the mute and deaf spirit. He was laying on the ground as dead. And a lot of us in the church would have gone on. We got it out. Great. It's quiet. I like this. Raw meat. Telling you, it's raw meat before a dog. You ever seen a dog race where they just hang raw meat and he just chases it? I'll chase it. The quieter you are, the harder I'm going to go. And a lot of times in the church, we, we, we shout the victory because somebody screamed and threw up. And we think that's the end game. If that's what deliverance is about, we're missing the whole point of deliverance. Deliverance is so they can have life and life more abundantly, so they can be set free from the things that bounds them, so the captives can become to liberty. The captives can be set free. So when that boy was delivered and convulsed and foamed and fell at the floor as dead, Jesus did not leave him in the floor. Jesus picked him up. So often the church, hey, that person quit doing drugs. Praise the Lord. Come to church next Sunday. Keep coming back. Nobody disciples. Nobody pours into them. Nobody prays for the Spirit of God to flood their soul. Nobody takes them under their wing. And then we're flabbergasted or we mouth the next three weeks when they go back into drugs. Told you. They just didn't get it. They just did not get it. I knew they wouldn't get it. I, they do this all the time. They get delivered for three weeks and they go back. Maybe it's not that they really didn't get delivered. Maybe the church didn't pick them up. Maybe the church wasn't there. And see, we can sit here and keep blaming other people, but sometimes we got to look at the church itself and say, is the church doing what the church is supposed to do? And so we have here Moses who had the presence. We see in other parts where the anointing comes and breaks the yoke, but a lot of times the church stops there. And we're praying for a move 
But you cannot have a move or an awakening absence of the glory. Because the glory is the manifestation of who he is. We are mesmerized by the hand and workings of God, but never get to the heart of God. And the glory is found in the heart, because the glory is found in his nature. And so we'll ask God to move, but the question is, do we love him absent of his moving? Would you worship if he never did another thing? Would you love him if he never answered another prayer? Would you keep coming back to church if everything else started to fall apart? And what we've seen in COVID in 2020 is a lot of that answered. Everything started to crash and so did people's faith. Because faith was built on sinking sand that can't endure a storm. Because when you were mesmerized by presence and anointing, you're building something that's temporal. We got to get to the glory. And Moses says, show me thy glory. Show me your glory. And he said, I'll show you my glory. Now, this is the thing about Moses, and this is the thing we never want to talk about because we never want to bring up truths because we never want to feel like we're belittling anything, and we, we never want to say anything. And we want to say that like Moses and Elijah and all them, they were great men of faith. They were great men of faith. I don't know if I would have had that much faith during that time. But Hebrews 11 tells us of all these great men and women of God that never really entered into what God really had for them. And Moses here... And I'm going somewhere, and we'll preach and get, and get to praying, because there's some praying. I feel the anointing, and I, feel, I don't know if y'all feel it. I feel the anointing, but I feel like i got to get this out, and I'm going to preach this, and we're going to go right back into worship, and we're going to lay hands on some people this morning and pray for the fire of God to fall. But Moses was like, I want to see your glory, and God said, I'll make it pass by. And a lot of times I think Moses is like, okay, I'm going to make it pass by and I'm going to remove a part of myself because I'm, I want you to see my backward side. So you're going to see this, you're going to partake. But it, what is the word he keeps using? It's going to pass by. It's going to pass by. And I feel like that's, a, that's like this. It's, he's trying to remind Moses, you ain't ready to what? Become a carrier of the glory. You're just going to have it pass by. And you'll start to experience and encounter, but you'll never possess. And what we've, we've used this language in the church over and over. We're going to create an encounter and we're going to create, create an experience. That was not the objective of the New Testament church. It was never about an encounter. It was never about an experience. It was all about Ephesians when he says, I'm going to knit and join you together so that you'll become a habitation, not an experience, not a visitation, a habitation of the Spirit of God. So now we go to John, and you've got to remember in all this, he's telling Moses, I had to set this up with Moses. When Moses asked to see the glory, he said, the glory is going to pass by you, but you won't be able to see my face yet because you cannot see my face and live because you don't have what you need yet 
Whether we like it, love it, hate it, ignore it, whatever, there is a difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. And that difference is a man named Jesus. And he changed the game, he flipped the script, and he done everything. And so we've got to understand the difference. I don't need to compare me to David. I don't need to be like Elijah. I'm not trying to be like Moses. My mission is to be conformed in the image of the Son. Moses and Elijah is not my objective. Jesus Christ is my objective. That's who I want to look like. That's who I don't want to be like. Because his disciples, they tried to be like Elijah one time and said, do we get to call down fire? And Jesus turns around and says, you don't know what spirit you're of. They were trying to be like Elijah. And yes, there's a, there's a generation coming in the spirit of Elijah, 100%. But that means there's a forerunning generation that's coming to prepare the way of the Lord. And it's going to be a generation of miracle signs and wonders and power, but more than anything, devotion. But I'm not trying to be Elijah. And I don't need to be a David. I don't need to be a Moses. I want to be like Jesus. So we go here. And now Moses had the glory pass by. Moses had the glory move past him. Moses got to see it, but Moses never got to be with it. Now we find ourselves in John 1.1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was what? With God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. And what? Without him was not anything made that was made. Man, I could... This is so hard for a preacher not to preach this. In him was what? Life. life. Say life. life. Did it say life and death? No. In him was life. And then the life was a light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness cannot comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, the same came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was, set, was, what? was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. He was in the world, and the world, what? Then the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. Who's he talking about now? He shifted to Jesus. And he came unto his own, and his own received him not. So it's saying Jesus came into the world. He was in the beginning. He's always been. Jesus never changed. Jesus helped form the earth. The Mormons are wrong. He's not a created being. And devil's not his brother. Jesus has always been, always going to be. He's never going anywhere. He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's from the order of Melchizedek. He has no beginning of days. He has no ending of days. He is eternal forward and backwards. There's no end to who he is. And yet when he came into the world, the ones that were supposed to be his own received him not. Because they were looking for the wrong thing. And he actually goes on a little bit later and says, the reason you don't like me is the reason you don't like my dad because he's really not your dad because your dad's a devil. And that was his own. But as many as received him, to, get to them what? 
gave them power to become the sons of God, even of them that believe in his name, which were born not of blood, nor the will of the flesh, nor the will of man, but of God. Now, this is where I'm hanging my hat for a second. Then we'll actually the next four verses. Let's do the next four verses. We'll hang our hat and leave. But the word was what? Now, this word is saying the word, the logos, the eternal was made flesh. That is not Rhema. The word, the logos, was made flesh and dwelt among us. So the one, the Adoniah, the Yahweh, the one true, oh, holy God, was made flesh. Flesh, the eternal God, was made flesh and dwelt among who? Us. And we beheld his, now this is important, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We're beholding the what? The glory. John bare witness of him and cried, saying, This was he whom I spake. He that cometh after me is preferred before me. He, for he was before me, and of his fullness, what? All have received, and grace for grace. For the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by Jesus. No man has seen God at any time, the only begotten Son, which is the bosom of the Father. He hath declared him. So up until this point, nobody has seen God and lived. Nobody has seen God and lived. Now, am I hanging here with me because I'm going somewhere? Because there was a condition of our heart that regardless of how much the law could do, it stopped in its ability to give you a new heart, a new spirit. So it could cover you, but it could never change you. The law was a schoolmaster. So the law came in and covered your sin, but it can never change you and make you a new creature. Why? Because there was still sin. So Ezekiel comes in here and says, I'm giving you a new heart and a new spirit. Now we know this. This is talk what's called born again. So now your old nature is dead. Your new nature has arisen. You're, you're now a what? Your old man has died. You're a new creation. Not an old creation. Please stop saying you're a sinner saved by grace. You're speaking curses over your own self. I'm not a sinner no more. I'm a saint. Not because of what I've done, but because of what he's done. That's the beauty of the gospel. Stop calling yourself a sinner by grace. You are not a sinner no more. If you keep declaring yourself to be a sinner, you can keep being a sinner all you want. But I know the gospel is much bigger than that. And he didn't die so I could be a good sinner. He died so I could be a saint made whole by the blood of Jesus Christ. He who knew no sin became sin so that I could become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Romans 6, I'm dead to sin and alive to Christ. All things about me that's old has passed away. We just don't teach this stuff anymore because we want to give people excuse to keep sinning and still claim to be Christians. Now, am I about grace? A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Great. I love grace. All this grace and truth. We just read this. A hundred percent, I'm about grace. And we just preached last week. So I, I just preached Galatians 6 1 last week about how we got to build each other up. And if we do get overtaken in a trespass, him who is spiritual still restore that one with a spirit of gentleness. I wholeheartedly believe that. But also, I said last week, I'm not condoning sin, I'm not making excuses for sin because we are dead to sin in Christ Jesus. The problem is we haven't got this flesh to figure it out yet. 
Because at the end of the day, you don't cast out the flesh and crucify a demon. You crucify the flesh and cast out a demon. And the fact is, we don't like to crucify the flesh because we like the flesh still. So we keep the flesh hanging around in case I want to do it. You've got to kill the flesh. When we say crucify the flesh, it is the same word, that crucifixion that Christ went through. It should be a bloody war over the flesh in your heart to say you're going to submit to the Spirit. Whether you like it or not, I'm going to kill you. Right? The problem is we don't kill it because we still like it. Because we like the pleasures of sin more than we like the glory. Because we've really not encountered the glory. We've encountered the anointing. And so we go into a church and we fall on the floor and get free. And we encounter the giftings and the anointing of a man. But never the glory of Jesus Christ. And it's like my statement the other day I made when I was at the mountains. And that tour guy would not shut up. Sorry, Cloud. Cloud's going to say, don't, don't say shut up, because he gets in trouble for it. He was very knowledgeable. I liked the guy. He was fun. But when you're standing and staring at the Grand Teton, just let me stare at the mountain. Why? Because the mountain is what I'm there to see. I'm not there to hear about why this little peak is called here and how that road over there was built by a Mormon and that barn was here. I just want to stare at the mountain because the mountain is mesmerizing. And in the church we keep getting everybody else in the way. So instead of showing them the mountain, we're showing them our gifts. I hit on this Wednesday night so I don't mean to be redundant, but I'm sitting here and I'm sitting here going, alright, I want to see Jesus. Then we write a book about how we're healing evangelists now. So like one person's leg grows out three inches and now we're going to write a book about healing. Stop it. Stop it. The whole point of this is what John said. I'm to testify and to bear witness of the true light. I am not the light. Heather's not the light. Jacob's not the light. He's the light. And we're to be the light of the world only because he's living in me. The problem is we try to turn on our light bulb and try to get everybody to see us. And then we wonder why it comes crashing down because we're trying to get people to encounter our giftings and our anointing and never the glory. And that's why church is exhausting. Because now everybody's got to perform every single Sunday. And it becomes a monkey show to where you have preachers trying to preach good enough to impress people to come back next Sunday because you're trying to come back based upon my gifting to entertain you and not his beauty to mesmerize you. And so we got here where Moses had the glory passed by. Jesus came in perfect manifestation of his glory. And he's the only one that ever truly seen his glory. And he's the only one that had manifest his glory. And we're supposed to be conformed in the image of who he is. So the blood of Jesus Christ and the gospel was not there so that we could just get to heaven. The blood of Jesus washes me white as snow. And the gospel is about getting all of heaven into me and through me. And so... What, what's trying to happen is this. God's trying to conform me into the image of his son because his son is a perfect example of the glory. That's the perfect manifestation of the glory of God. If we need anything else, we, that's all we need. We just need to know, like, know Jesus. 
Be like Jesus. Talk like Jesus. Smile like Jesus. Act like Jesus. Heal like Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You should get sick of people talking about Jesus all the time because that's all we talk about. But the problem in the church, it's not. It's all about Jesus. Now, do I understand Jesus' gifts and anointing? All of that? Yes. But your anointing will never change the earth. Your anointing can break somebody's yoke. But that anointing is his anointing anyways. Your gifting may impress. I mean, how, how much better singing do we got to get in the church? How much better preaching do we got to get in the church? It's not that. It's the glory of God. It's Jesus in full glory. Jesus in full manifestation. I, I tell the kids all the time in the New Testament and my middle school chapel too. When you read the Bible, what goes on in your brain? You just sit there and go, hey, that's the story about those guys ripping the roof off. Hallelujah. That's cool. Do you just sit on it for a minute, though? Do you just slow down and say, what kind of nature, what kind of glory of God am I supposed to be learning? What's he trying to teach me? I wrote this down. I wrote this down. and I'm not a good writer, so... And Joe's not here to make fun of me because I just throw my papers everywhere. When I'm done with them, I threw the wrong one. There we go. With the original thought in mind, the beautiful part of the process, and the process that I'm, I'm trying to get us to do is to separate ourselves, as Miss Heather was prophesying a minute ago, from the religious systems of the day, from the man-made thoughts. Somebody who's been in the ministry for 18 years and I hope to be in here for another at least 50. I'm going to live for a long time. I'm trying. One of the things I've learned is a lot of people, and this is no indictment. This is not to be mean. This is not to be derogatory because I live this life too. And I'm trying to just like everybody else to relearn stuff. Most of us know what Aunt Sally says but never what the Bible says. Most of us know what our grandmas told us to learn. And most of us know what our pastors say but we never dive into the word of God ourselves. And then we wonder why we're overtaken by deception and seduction. It's because we don't have the firm foundation of the word. And so whenever we get into this process, we're killing it. We're killing the system. We're killing all of these things. And people may get tired of it. See, I wore a tie on purpose today. For one, I love suits. Y'all think I'm crazy. Look at my Christmas suit last night. You'll know how much I love suits. All right? I love suits. If I would wear a suit every day, I wouldn't care a bit. I love suits. I wore it today specifically, though. Because I'm so sick of people making religion and kingdom debate about what we're wearing. It's not about what we wear. It's not about what we sing. It's not what kind of church you have. Some people would call us religious because we have pews. Y'all think I'm crazy. It's true. Some people call us religious because some of us still dress up for church. Some of us call us religious because we don't do this. See, we're making this whole religious kingdom debate so trivial. We're turning into nonsense. The kingdom religious debate is about the intent of the heart and the pursuit of the life. It's about the kingdom. It's, it's about the gospel. What are you doing? Are we telling the people keep striving, 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 striving? Or are we telling them they made a way? 
God's made a way for freedom and liberty and love and joy. See, the kingdom of God, there's no good definition for it. The kingdom of God, for me, the best definition I can get to is it's literally the manifestation of God's culture in heaven coming to earth. And what system are we living by? Because I can wear a tie and a suit and I believe be very kingdom-minded. I can wear blue jeans and a t-shirt and be kingdom-minded. We gotta quit this nonsense to make whether we're kingdom minded about what we're wearing. Being kingdom minded is about who we're manifesting. What are we manifesting? What kind of faith do we have? What, what kind of faith do we have when all hell breaks out? What kind of faith do we have when you get the doctor report? What kind of life are you living integrity and character when nobody else is around? The kingdom is so much bigger than just what we're wearing. And whether we sing hymns or worship songs or whether we're deep or not deep, stop it. Because we have a lot of people that quote, unquote, deep, that sings a lot of good worship songs that are homosexual. And I don't think that's kingdom-minded. Right? We have people that can preach the paint off of these walls and go and cuss out their waitress after church and they feel no remorse. That's not kingdom We've made kingdom about giftedness, and we made kingdom about passion. There's a lot of passionate people that mess up things because they have no word, and they have no process, and they've never been prepared, and they've never been educated, and they never, I'm not talking about seminary, I'm talking about getting into the word. Passion without zeal is very dangerous. Ask me, I know, I did three years of it. I preached all over the state of Kentucky in a lot of big services and had a lot of great times and had to go repent to half the pastors because I messed up their churches. Because I had passion without zeal. I was gifted and maybe even um, called, but I wasn't anointed and ready yet. I didn't know the glory. I knew pride and arrogance. But in the church, we don't care about that as long as you can preach. I probably wouldn't have changed if I didn't have an old pastor one time from Paducah text me and call me and rebuke me. And of course, in my arrogance and pride, I said, how dare you rebuke me? I'm the next best thing to the church. Maybe I didn't say it like that. That's what, but you know what? That's, that's my heart. You old religious person. That's what I was thinking. You just don't have kingdom mindset. You're the problem. And then I got into the word and realized I was the problem. I was the problem. Because I was making kingdom about what we was wearing and how passionate you worshiped or not. I didn't care about character, and I didn't care about this, this thing called holiness. I didn't care about who he was. I didn't care how you responded to people. I, I watched people at, well, I ain't going to say the name because I think it's a good ministry, so I don't want to put an indictment on the ministry. I would sit with people in this one ministry for three hours, dancing, sweating, hollering, lose my voice, shofars every corner of the building, and we were just throwing a noise. It was like super soakers, anointing. And if you walked into the room, you thought they were the most holy, glorious people in the world. And then you go out there and they're using the F-bomb every other conversation. Why? Because it's man-made religious systems. And you can be just manipulative with giftings and callings and you can with be religious old confines. This thing's got to go deeper than that. It's got to go way deeper than that. Because, see, I, I, like this, religious thought is this. I'm going to use people to build ministry. Get you doing, get you doing. And you know what we do in that religious thought? We put a lot of people in positions that have no right to be in that position. 
They're not prepared for it. They're not ready for it. They don't know what the heck they're doing. They're just sitting there with their head spinning, and it crushes them because they don't know how to take the weight of the position because nobody ever prepared them for the position because we don't want to be controlling and cultish, and we can't tell people when they're ready or not. God tells them, but yet at the same time, we have a duty to ready people, and we just go laying hands on everybody. And the Bible says not to lay hands on people suddenly. And people think, Here, here's what happens. I, I know I'm just, just give me a second. People go from church to church looking for a position. I'm going to go to this church for two weeks, and if they don't give me a position by then, because they heard how I preached. And, you know, those people also, because they're hungry for the position, they're hungry for the power, they'll preach their way into anything. You're in a conversation in the back room, and they start preaching to you because they want to know how good you preach. Y'all think I'm lying. This happens. I got a letter from a person in the mail not too long ago that wanted to come preach at this church, and 95% of the letter was written in one sentence. And 95% of it was misspelled. And the whole thing was this. You should let me come preach at your church. I've been preaching for 40-something years. You think I'm going to let you come preach at this church because you sent me a letter? The problem is there's churches that do. And we don't know those who labor among us. We don't know. That's religion. Because what we do in those those instances is we're using people to build the ministry. And we allow nobody to be processed. I preached about 10 years too early. Because nobody talked to me like this. And there was a time. How how real and honest y'all want me to get? Y'all want me real honest? I mean, I could be really transparent for here for a second. There was a time in that first 10 years of preaching, I had no business preaching. I had no business leading. I had no business being on a staff. And I sit right there in that pew one Sunday, and I didn't even go here at that time. I just came here when nobody else was here. And I asked God to go ahead and take me out. I said, I'm finished with this nonsense. I have made a mess out of my mockery. I didn't even want to live no more. Because it was crushing me because I wasn't prepared. And I wasn't ready by the Holy Spirit. But I got thrown into ministry because I could talk loud and I could get people shouting and I knew how to used to do it. I could used to talk well and I could do like this. I don't care about it anymore. I'm just going to talk like I want to talk. I don't care about it no more. But I remember back then, man, I, could, I knew what to say. I knew how to say it. I knew how to hit the drum beat. And so I could get you rolling and we could get everybody jumping. And because I could be somebody like that, I was like a monkey thrown on the stage. Get them to perform, Aaron. Get them to cheerlead. And you all think I'm crazy, but people live in this kind of stuff, and they don't realize what's going on. And that may be in the church world, but it happens like that a lot all around because we take no instance to actually learn him. And we're so quick, pop, 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 that people just get thrown everywhere. And no one's ever been tested No one's ever been matured. We just all want to be used. And then we wonder why we're not being used three weeks later after we quit. This is real, this is honest, and this is truth. And I've seen person after person destroyed because the church abused and misused them. I'm talking about the church universal. It's all because we have this religious thought that we don't know how to wait upon the Lord. We think everything has to be microwaved. And here's the thought for you. 
and I'm going to read my thing. I didn't get my original thought yet. That wasn't my original thought. I mean, my, my final thought. We have this thought that we only live for today. It's what we do. We live for today. We live for today. Do what feels good today. Do it today. See, there was something about the, the generation that went through the Depression in 1930s. They didn't live for today. They, they understood what it was like to save for tomorrow. Because they may not have food for tomorrow. So they're going to save some of their food for today. Now, that can become just as dangerous. Let me just tell you. Let me, let me just clarify. That can be dangerous too. But when all we do today is live for today, then we start doing things we're not ready to do. And we try to manipulate and make things happen that God's not ready for. That's when religion comes into play. Because now we're trying to manipulate things. I've stood with worship teams that practice for 20 minutes how they're going to do the drum beat at the altar call. And that same worship team probably didn't pray for five minutes after service. We'll practice for 20 minutes about a drum beat. But we didn't do five minutes of prayer afterwards. Tell me which one we're idolizing. This is just real honest talk this morning. We have grown to love the glory of man and not the glory of God. We've loved to grow. We've, we have learned to grow to love the abilities and the entertainment of man's hand and man's gift. And even at times, the anointing upon a man. But we have failed to live in the glory of God. Tumors don't fall off because of anointing. Tumors fall off in the glory. Cancer don't fall off in the anointing. It's the glory. It's the glory. Demons don't tremble at the anointing. The, trem- the demons begin to tremble when they, they realize the glory of God just came on the scene. Because all it took was Jesus to get off the boat and the demons started to scream with gatherings. With the original thought in mind, the beautiful part of the process is him. The Lord is trying to get a bride that is hiding themselves away in the wilderness and learning who he is. The glory of God is his character, his goodness, his providence, his holiness, his healing, his deliverance, his love, his mercy, his righteousness, his grace, his thoughts, his heart. Jesus died not so that we can encounter a form of godliness that has no power, but that we can be brought into unity with him. He prayed for that in John 17. Father, make them one with us as I am with you. He has made a place within him for us to rest, for us to be conformed in the image of the Son by the Holy Spirit. We are, not, we are still, unfortunately, bound our knees to Baal. We're worshiping things that we were never called to worship. We're idolizing things other than him. We know the systems of man and we know the idolatry and sin of the world, but do we know God? We know the system of religion and churchiness, but do we know God? The glory of God was never found in a feeling or emotion. The glory of God is not about goosebumps. The glory of God is not even about a song or a sermon. 
It's about a person. And his name is Jesus. If we're going to be the remnant, it isn't about being gifted loud or large. It's a group of people who hasn't bowed their knees to Baal or the systems of this world and has done with the tactics of the enemy and tactics of men to manipulate, control, and dictate what the body of Christ is doing. We are ready to know our God and we're ready to know how powerful he is and how good he is and how righteous he is. We know because we have seen and beheld his glory and we beheld it in the man named Jesus. Jesus is the perfect manifestation of the glory of God. We're looking for something we've already received. We pray, send your glory. He already has. The church's, the church's problem is not that he's waiting on him to send his glory. The church's problem is that we're mesmerized by other things other than his glory. Now the earth is waiting on the manifestations of the sons of God. We're not waiting on the manifestation of the Son of God. Romans tells us the earth is waiting on the manifestations of the Sons, plural, of God. The earth is not waiting on Jesus to come. The earth is waiting on the sons to show who he is. The earth is not desperate. See, we are so rapture-minded. Now, y'all can hate me for a second. Just hang in here. We're so rapture-minded that we're putting all the stuff on God. God put the ball in our court. Because the beautiful thing is that he's not looking for a body that the glory's passing by. He's looking for a body that's ready to become the habitation. We're not looking for a mountain that we don't get to behold him. We have beheld him in his beauty. And he's not waiting for a generation that knows the passing by of God's glory. He's waiting on a generation who will start to become a habitation of his glory. So we're not on a mountaintop. We live on the mountain. We live with him. We eat with the glory. Everything we do, whether it be word, deed, it's to the glory of God. The problem is we're still living like Moses and we're more like the law than we could ever imagine. The goodness of the free woman is that she's free. We're not in bondage no more. We are not people where the glory comes and the glory goes. We are a people who have been born again unto life and life more abundantly. And he has made me whole. He has made me clean. I have become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And not only that, I have now know a God who broke the box, ripped the veil, and the glory is no longer in the room. The glory is in the temple of you and I as believers of Jesus Christ. We have become the glory of God in the earth. I got five people who's feeling this and the rest of us don't know whether to take it or not because I've offended and thoughtless blasphemous. We have become the glory of God in the earth because the waters will cover the sea. I mean, the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. Why? Because the remnant is arising and we're the carriers of the glory. So if I go to Walmart, the glory of God is there. If I go to Farmers, the glory of God is there. If I go to the restaurant, the glory of God is there. Wherever the sole of my foot touches, the glory of God is there. And now the kingdom has come. Yes. 
And the Bible says that when he walked up to him and the, the spirit was driven out of him, the kingdom of God has come unto you. Whenever healing takes place, the kingdom of God comes unto you. Why is that? Because I am now the manifestation of the glory of God in the earth because he dwells in me. You are not some kind of broke, defeated, busted, depressed bride of the Christ. We are the living, glorious bride of the resurrected Savior. And the same one who resurrected him is the same one that resurrected me. Stop living like you're below it. Stop living like you are helpless. Stop whining, complaining, groaning, and moping. Rise up, remnant of God, and be the glory of God in the earth. Man, we live so below what God died for us to live in. We are the glory of God in the earth because it's in me now. And we're to manifest and shine his light. To shine his light. So his nature should manifest through me. His beauty should manifest through me. His healing manifests through me. It is nothing about to me because A.W. Tozer, go back to him. The glory of God comes at the sacrifice of self. And Paul said, it is no longer I who live, but Christ in me. So when I step, it's no longer Aaron who's stepping. It's Christ in me. Here's the problem. Here's why we don't live like that. Because we're religious minded only think it comes on Sunday morning. Man, I'm about, to, I'm about to shake out of my shoe up here. I'm going to run here in a minute and you can't stop me. Because we play this religious game where I'm going to be Christian for two and a half hours on Sunday morning and a heathen for the other ones. I'm going to play this game like the glory of God shows up when we're in a good service, but it can't show up in Walmart. We, we're we're going like, to act like hell the rest of the week and pretend to come in here and act like heaven on Sunday morning for two hours. Shame on us. That's not what Jesus died for. Jesus died so that I could have life and life more abundantly. And there's nothing greater than him. Greater is he that's in me than he that is in the world. There's nothing bigger than the God inside of you. There's nothing stronger than the God inside of you. And you've got to stop living like it. There was one preacher said, we need a theological conversion in the church. We've got to stop making the devil as big as he's really not. And God is small. We make him so small. We make the devil so big. The devil's really small and God's really big. There is no opposite of God. There is no other than God. He's self-sufficient. He's self-existent. He always was, always will be. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. His providence is good and his mercy endured forever. His love is ever encompassing and nothing shall separate it from me. My God is really good. And the question is not do you know church. The question is do you know God? Do you know Jesus and his beauty? Because a lot of people has been mesmerized by the system of religion and call it Christianity. And we wonder why it's fruitless, powerless, and they go right back to it. Because there's no substance and there's no glory. I want the glory. Because it's in the glory that tumors fall off. Heard a story one time about a guy. He said his son got into the hospital. And he was in there praying. And Heather, you can come on the piano. Band, won't you come up? We're going to worship. I don't care if five people stay here. We'll worship. I do care. I love you. I want everybody to stay in worship. This guy said, Lord, what are you doing? Why is my child in here? Why is my child in the hospital? 
didn't I do this? Didn't I say and he and the and basically the Lord kind of rebuked him. Say, so you ever thought about I put you here for a reason? This guy got a little bit of uh about him. Jesus Revolution would call it the spirit juice. Got a little spirit juice about him at that point. And the glory of God started to manifest in the hospital. And there was a whole, ro- a whole floor of the hospital cleared out for the glory of God. He just started going room to room praying. He started going room to room interceding. He started laying hands on everybody that let him. And a whole floor of the hospital got discharged because of the glory of God come. How many opportunities have we missed to manifest the glory because we were preoccupied by the things of this world? That's what the news wants to do. That's what the things of the world wants. It wants to keep us enamored by the fear cycle and intoxicated by everything else going around us and distract us from the one thing, and that's Jesus. And the manifestation of who he is. And that's why people's not coming back to church no more. It's not COVID. Stop it. People were just looking for an excuse. Because they were sick of the religious games the church played for years. It has nothing to do with COVID. They just wanted an excuse. Because if it was COVID, they'd be back by now. I don't even know they tested for COVID no more until somebody got it the other day. Even though you still tested, that thing hurts. Why would you test? You are crazy. It hurts. I mean, they're picking your brain, literally. Not even picking your nose, it's picking your brain. Why do you do it? Just kidding. No, somebody's going to sue me for medical things. Don't test, okay? I'm not doing that. But it wasn't about COVID, it was about the heart. Because let me tell you something this coming from the most love I can muster. People are sick of church. People are sick of church. What they're not sick of is Jesus. And if we would quit showing people church services and start showing them the kingdom and start showing them the glory of God, we we wouldn't have churches that contain the amount of people coming. But what we do is we say, Heather, go ahead and start playing. What we do is this. Come to church. Now, one thing we don't have to worry about here is Come hear our pastor preach. He's really good. We don't have to worry about there. But we invite people to church. We invite people to listen to music. We invite people to everything. But Paul said this. I do not come with the enticing words of man wisdom. But I come in power and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit. The reason we invite people to church is it's cheap. And it cost us nothing. But to show and manifest the kingdom comes to the sacrifice of self. We don't want to sacrifice ourselves. We like ourselves. We like our sin. We like our, our stuff. We like our junk. The reason we're still walking, and a lot of times it's not because we can't get free from it, it's because we still like it. And religion teaches us we can walk with both. You can walk with both in religion. And get away with it. Because religion lives under the guise of hypocrisy. But you cannot be kingdom. And you will not manifest the glory of God living like a hypocrite. The question of the day is, what are you mesmerized by? What's got your heart? Why do you even come here on a Sunday morning? Is this to hear a sermon and go home? 
I come here so I can be edified. I come here so I can see him in all of his beauty and I can leave different. I come in here waiting for the explosion and it happens. See, we're waiting for this this overwhelming suddenly to happen but I'm coming here thinking my goodness this person over here I don't know who you are I'm pointing to Larry I don't say Larry but I'm saying this person over here they're growing they're maturing there's, there's things falling off that's the glory of God manifesting that's healing taking place I come here so the body can edify the body and the iron can sharpen iron but more than anything I come in here because I want to behold his glory because I know I will become what I behold I will become what I behold. Lord, show us your glory. And more than that, let us become carriers of your glory. Father, from the bottom of my heart, I repent of man-made religiosity. God, I don't it's not about a tie, it's not about the song, it's not whether it's worship him. It's nothing to do with that. Man-made religion is thinking that we can do something absent of you. It's trying to do something good enough that we don't need your presence and your glory. And I repent of that. So don't just show us your glory. God, we say that we're we're like Moses too much still. The question has to shift, guys. You can stand up. The, sh- the question has to shift. Do not ask God to show him, show you his glory. Because the thing is, he's already shown us his glory. The question is, Lord, let me become a manifestation of your glory in the earth. That doesn't mean we're coming like God. That mean, that, I mean, that doesn't mean we're going to become God and we're controlling God. All that is is God used me to show your nature to all the earth. And what is his nature? It's good. Healing is in his wings. Deliverance is in his nature. Restoration and love and mercy and grace and kindness, the fruit of the spirit of who he is. God, allow us to be the manifestation of the glory of God in the earth. Father, give us your glory and let us manifest it in all the earth. I'm not praying, show me your glory. You've already shown us your glory. And the perfect manifestation of your glory was in a man named Jesus 2,000 years ago. God, let me now manifest the glory in all the earth. Because I'm not coming with enticing words of man wisdom. I'm not coming with systems of man-made religiosity. But I'm coming in the power and demonstration of the kingdom of God. Send your fire in this house. I'm going to invite somebody. I'm going to invite everybody that will do something real fast. I'm, I'm trying to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit from this point on. I'm not making anybody do this. And if it ain't your heart, don't do it. I have my eyes closed. I'm not watching who's doing it. I'm not even telling you to close your eyes and bow your head. I'm closing mine. But I want you to lift your hands if you're willing. And it's in your heart. Because I don't want your heart and hand to be in opposition. And I want you to pray. Lord, I sacrifice self. I surrender me. And 
let me manifest you in all the earth. Come and do it in us. God, we lay ourselves down. I'm becoming a living sacrifice to say, I'm done with churchianity. I'm done with religiosity. I'm done with the systems of man. God, give us your glory in this house. in faith right now for God's nature to be manifested in this house Clayton you want to take you come up here with your your family now correct me if I'm wrong they found tumors right in the brain two two tumors and y'all are going back for more testing. Is that correct? Wednesday they'll be going back for more testing. Who believes it's the nature of God for her to have tumors in her brain? Not me. It's the nature of God's goodness that those things will dissipate right now in Jesus' name. So I say this with all sincerity. And I'm not trying to be harsh, mean, critical, or arrogant. If you don't believe that God's bigger than brain tumors, I want you to stay in your seats. I do. We don't need unbelief up here. What I'm doing is, is there an army? It is in there's a remnant that believes that when we pray, these brain tumors are going to go away because it's the nature of who he is. It's the glory of God. Let's go. If you believe, if you believe,
Did it happen or not? We're praying from a place to place of faith. It's not waiting to see what the report said. It's waiting for the report to confirm what we know. Jesus, it's your glory. It's your glory, God. It's your glory. When you walk into the room, sickness has to vanish. Every hopeless situation simply ceases to exist When you walk into the room The dead begin to rise Cause there is resurrection Let's do this as, as we're praying Everybody stretch your hand towards Benji We're going to pray Benji, you keep playing but We're going to pray Everybody stretch your hand for Benji Stretch your hands towards Benji Father, we thank you so much, Lord God, I thank you that healing is coming We pray against every attack we pray against everything that's come to, to, to try to, to throw off, to do anything, any swaying, anything that's trying to keep him from what you have called him to do. We rebuke and sever right now in Jesus' name. We declare the wall of protection. And we declare when the enemy comes in like a flood, you are raising up a standard. Spirit of God, go into that drum cage right now. And we declare the hernia to heal up. We declare the lungs to function properly. We declare for breath and life. God, I thank you so much for what you're doing in them. In Jesus' name. If you need prayer for anything else, we'd love to pray and connect with you. We love you guys so much. Um, we're going to be up here for prayer. We're going to be up here for available Don't, don't take this word home and forget about it. I'm not after church. And I've said this a thousand times and I'll say it a thousand more. My intent is not to build a church. My intent and my heart is to build the kingdom. God does his church. But it's not even about building a structure. It's not about impressing anybody. so sick of man-made religiosity it's fruitless and unprofitable I'm after the glory amen we love you guys so much be blessed if you need prayer for anything we're still available for prayer still believing God for miraculous things go carry the glory of God wherever you're at today in Jesus name uh, David y'all ready well, I don't all right.
We got a baptism coming up. If anybody wants to stay and watch, what a special time.